turns the corner at the 21st down, breaks a tackle at the 25, breaks another at the 30, and he's loose! Gets the carry, and he's loose inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10, touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie, and thank you for spending 30 minutes with us today. We're here. It's Wild Card Weekend. Our Minnesota Vikings head to New Orleans to take on the Saints in a pivotal NFC matchup. With me to talk about all everything and anything about our team and this upcoming game is one of the finest gentlemen on Twitter, on Vikings Twitter, it's Matt Anderson. Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Flip. Thanks for having me on. Definitely, man. So so this podcast is going to go up on Thursday, which means it's a little far from the Chicago game, very far removed from the Green Bay game. But just for the Bears game the where they rested the starters, is there anything you want to actually take away from that 19 to 21 loss? at home i mean i think there's some like individual performances that you can be proud of um a couple stand out to me obviously dan bailey's one um he's Mm -hmm. he's solid four for four on field goals afadio denebo you know he had another solid performance with you know four total pressures um he really looks to be gaining some confidence and really coming into his own and then i thought Oli udo played really well and did a good job containing mac and he didn't even allow a single pressure on the day. So obviously those are just some individual performances. But as a whole, I don't think you can really take too much from this game. I think both coaches kind of were just waving the white flag from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. So if we talk about those performances and how they could translate further on into the postseason, Oli Udo was nice to see, but he hopefully won't be playing on Sunday. Uh, Ifadi Odenabo, definitely some stiffer competition, but it was good to see him flash again. And then there's Dan Bailey now, who was 27 of 29 on the year for field goals. It's 93%, his best field goal percentage since 2015, the year he went to the Pro Bowl. And he hasn't missed a field goal since week seven. So I know there's a lot of, you know, trepidation with kickers in Minnesota. How are you feeling about Dan Bailey and his postseason form? Well, you know, he's kind of done it before where, you know, before we even had him, he was this elite kicker and then obviously had an injury. And I think last year it was just took him a little bit to kind of come into his own again. And I obviously think Colquitt has also been an awesome addition for Dan Bailey this year as well. But, uh, you know, if, if the game's coming down to it and we need a Dan Bailey field goal, I feel pretty confident going into the playoffs a lot more confident than i have been in the past that's good that's good to hear we've got something to be confident about as a six seed uh i'm really excited for bailey as well and that's my only takeaway on the bears game i'm actually looking at this like the vikings played 15 games this year they went 10 and 5 they went 2 and 3 in the division that game does not matter at all it's a throwaway And so if you want to knock Mike Zimmer for his record or knock 
Kirk Cousins or anybody else on the Vikings because of a loss to Chicago, that's on you. Yeah, I totally agree. I I mean, we all kind of knew what we were getting into when we headed into this game. And, you know, thankfully the Rams won the week before and kind of locked it up for us so we didn't have to worry too much. And we got a nice little mini buy. So hopefully we get these players healthy and, and ride into Sunday with a full squad. Sure thing. So talking about that health and developing postseason form, do you think this team is ready for a deep playoff run or is this one and done? I think all the pieces are actually starting to align a little bit. You know, Thielen's back, Cook's back. I, we're still waiting to find out about Kendricks. Uh, I know he didn't practice today, but, you know, it, healthy teams can make big runs. And, and this is the healthiest team, I think, out of any NFC team, really. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I do think that they can surprise some folks. Yeah, well, we got a little flu bug going on this week with Weatherly, Stephen Weatherly and Andrew Sandejo. Which is- yeah, I saw that. Man, I, we just don't need this right now. We just don't need <laughs> it, this. That would be our luck, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, you would, know? it would be. <laughs> and, you know, there's just been this creepy narrative of the Vikings are a 10 and 6 team. They're too talented to be a 10 and 6 team, first of all. Like I said before, they're a 10 and 5 team. I'm not counting that Chicago game in any way, shape, or form. Second of all, like, especially with the offense, what Cousins and Diggs have done this year is amazing. They're not too talented to be a 10-6 and team because Dalvin played sparingly in December. This is basically a lost season for Adam Thielen, and they've still been able to achieve top 10 offense in DVOA, basically with just Kirk Cousins throwing to Stephon Diggs. And any impact that Thielen or Cook can have now that they're healthy in the playoffs, you have to look at that as a positive going into January. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, what Diggs and Cousins have done, which if you have time, you should go back and listen to Kirk Cousins podcast. Him and Diggs actually talk a lot about their success this season with the deep ball and everything like that. It's great. But uh, you really think that, you know, Cook and Thielen should be able to just slide right in and just be successful so it was a little disappointing to see that Green Bay game when we did have uh, Thielen back and nothing really developed in the passing game like we had hoped but with a, with a full squad all healthy and ready to go I I think we could go lights out on offense yeah and that's why you know I kind of like the fact that they're playing the Saints because we know that we're not going to beat them unless we're completely healthy we know that they don't have a chance unless they're getting big games from Kirk, Dalvin, Stefan, and Adam. All four of them really have to click. And so while the chances of winning this game might be on the low side, I think the spread six points or five points in Vegas, whatever, it, it almost, you know, you're saying either this is a big loss or this could go down as one of the biggest upsets in playoff history for our Minnesota Vikings. And I'm gonna be very comfortable, loaded up on my beers. My fridge is gonna be stocked for this game because if they pull it off, it's gonna be a moment. Gotta dream big when we're talking about our Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and I think even if we can pull off the upset out, out in the, or down in 
New Orleans. I feel like a lot of fans too will just kind of take a deep breath finally. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the naysayers about Kirk Cousins will kind of disappear a little bit and people buy in a little bit because it is strange how you can be a playoff team, but yet there's so much doubt with this team still from the fans. Yeah, I, and I honestly, I haven't seen much, much like it. Now, most of those concerns are warranted, but for this season, before we start talking about coach, before we start looking in the rearview mirror, they're 10 and 6, they're in the dance, and this is their shot. Definitely some things need to be better with the Minnesota Vikings in 2019. I mean, every single loss they've had against these big opponents, the the offense doesn't show up in week two and week four, and then the script flips. The defense allows the big run against the Chiefs in week nine and a big pass, you know, that David Moore 63-yard touchdown against the Seahawks in week 12. So now for the offense to disappear again, after disappearing earlier on in the season, they disappeared against Green Bay. They just can't get both units performing at their peak in the biggest games. And they need a complete performance. There is no more waiting for a complete game. This has to be it this Sunday. Yeah, they have to bring their A game in for for one time this season. They have to put it all together, like you said. And if they do... I don't see a team that can stop them, in all honesty. The defense plays lights out like we know they can, and the offense continues to play at the level that they have this season. I just can't see a team that can stop us. I I, I really do believe we can be a force to be reckoned with. Yes, sir. So let's get into a formal grain preview, knowing that the Vikes still have a very high ceiling on the 2019 season on this playoff run. What do you see in Vikings versus Saints on Sunday? I mean, I think it's going to be a battle, but I do think, you know, there are some keys that the Vikings can can improve on to really make it a a better game for themselves. I think the big thing that they've struggled with recently is red zone offense. Um, they just have to be better in that, you know, as a whole for the whole year, they actually ranked 10th in the NFL in red zone scoring at 60%. They're 60.7%. But the last three weeks, we've actually ranked 30th in the NFL um, and only scoring on 33% of our drives. So, or red zone opportunities, I mean. So it's really kind of killed us. And uh, red zone scoring has to be better going into this week, as well as third down defense. We're allowing teams to convert nearly 40% of the time, which is kind of middle of the road for the NFL. But considering how elite we were last year, uh, we ranked first in the NFL uh, at 30%. So those are two big opportunities, not including individual matchups, but just as a whole. Where if we can figure that out and, and improve on both of those things, it could be an advantage for us. Okay, so red zone offense and third down defense, those are key areas that you're looking at during the game. Absolutely, yeah. Just as a whole, as the, as for the whole team. Now, if you want to talk about some individual matchups, I do like Brian O'Neill versus Cameron Jordan. I think that O'Neill has showed up a lot against some some big time, you know, edge rushers, as well as Diggs versus Lattimore. I think that that's going to be a big one as well. Yeah, and I have three main just matchup or team issues that I'm looking at, and those tie in to in general how you beat the Minnesota Vikings we've seen a 
full season of Viking football now. And there are three main ways to beat our Vikes. Number one is a strong interior pass rush. A lot of teams are moving pass rushers inside. They put them against Pat Elfline and, and Garrett Bradbury in mismatches. And usually the Vikings look to move the pocket with rollouts and play actions to offset that, but doesn't always work. And that interior rush is actually a two for one. It also counters the Viking zone running scheme because early pressures for that scheme ruins the zone runs. So if the Saints are able to bring a strong interior pass rush, that's definitely going to be an issue for Minnesota. Now, we look at the Saints. They have a very good defensive line, but Marcus Danvinport, who's been great for them, he's moved inside for them occasionally, but he's out with a bad foot. Sheldon Ranker is also a great interior lineman, but he's been injured throughout the year, and he's out for this game with uh, Achilles. So New Orleans is still going to try to bring Cam Jordan against Brian O'Neill. They're still going to be blitzing you know, one of their star linebackers, Demario Davis, who's very underrated at this point in the year. That's going to be their main areas of pressure, but hopefully Minnesota can still hold up on the outside and that's going to be an opportunity for Kirk and Dalvin to get the offense go. Yeah, and I think the Vikings did dodge a big bullet with Rankins and Davenport being out. If those two were, were healthy and ready to go, I'd be a bit more nervous about that. But as long as you go back to what kind of got you to this point, you know, I'm talking play action pass, outside zone runs, you know, and maybe even include some of that quick tempo. I, I guess I wouldn't be as concerned if they just would go back to that. But uh, we did see a very conservative game plan in the Green Bay game, which left a lot of people frustrated. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they come out with, knowing that this is your only opportunity. There is no next week unless you win. Yeah, and I think those two defensive linemen being out for the Saints is very lucky, very important, because it lets Kevin Stefanski make the choice does he want to be aggressive or is this a game where he's going to try to put together some sustained drives, hit on some big pass plays, but really try to keep the Saints offense off the field? Because the truth is the answers that the Vikings may have when they have the ball, they don't have those answers when the Saints are in possession, when Drew Brees is under center. I mean, if you're going against the Vikings defense, the interior, again, is key. Teams are going to try to run at the middle, wear down Shamar Steven. Linval, Joseph, he's a little bit less of the game breaker he's been in years past. So what that does, if you're able to operate the running game against the Vikings, that's going to bring the best coverage defenders in purple. It's going to bring Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith into the box. And that's when teams start going against the Vikings secondary, throwing to their primary receiver. Harris over the top has been tremendous, but he can't account for everybody. And Minnesota is getting beat on both interior runs or on perimeter passes. So it's going to be very difficult to stop the Saints offense. It may be so difficult that the Vikings have to play ball control. And that's the biggest question for me when you talk about the matchup with the New Orleans Saints. Basically, what I'm saying is, do they try to play the game using ball control, or is this something where they're going to try to outscore New Orleans? I don't think we can go into this game 
I mean, the, the atmosphere down there is so loud, and I think that's really going to be a hard, a hard task for the offense. I think you need to just pound the rock with Dalvin Cook. You really need to just take advantage of the, the time of possession and keep Drew Brees off the field, because if you allow that crowd to get into it, it's, it's just going to be a mess. And I think it could, it could spiral out of control quickly if, if we don't stay in control. So I look for them to be quite aggressive. Maybe Zim's going to start going for it on fourth down more. But yeah, I, I don't think they're going to try and outscore them. I think they're just going to try and possess the ball a ton and hope the defense can shut down Breeze. Because the last time Breeze faced the Vikings, he, he was actually held in check, mm-hmm. you know, uh, only 120 yards and one touchdown. So, I mean, this defense can shut him down. Yeah, there was a key turnover. I think it was an Adam Thielen fumble the last time New Orleans came up to Minnesota that just swung the game in the Saints' favor, and then that was followed up by a miscommunication with Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs, another interception. And without those two plays, you know, those two big mistakes, the Vikings really controlled that game. So it's it's going to be interesting, and it might be a lot closer than the national media thinks when the Vikings walk into that Superdome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the one thing, though, that I am afraid of is how are we going to handle Taysom Hill? They use him in so many different facets of the game, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, special teams. I, I, I'm curious to see how Zim will handle that. Yeah, you know, the Saints offense is just a juggernaut, and I don't think one player really stands out more than others. Taysom Hill whether you're putting an Eric Kendricks on him or you're putting one of our nickel corners on him, I see that I see New Orleans winning those matchups. Honestly, I, I think those are pretty good solutions, but none of them are going to completely shut Taysom Hill down. I, I think Alvin Kamara is another matchup where that guy's going to get his and Minnesota really is, it needs to be more about control, making Drew Brees work for everything and hoping for a couple turnovers on defense. And I think another player that's vastly underrated going into this game is Latavius Murray. With what we just talked about with the Saints being able to attack our interior and and bring more defenders into the box, a lot of people look at New Orleans' running game. They're ninth in DVOA. Alvin Kamara is the premier guy there. But if you look at Latavius Murray, he's actually also ninth in DVOA among running backs. And he's been very strong, maybe one of the best interior compliments in the NFL. So those little sub matchups, Taysom Hill and even a a Traquan Smith and a Latavius Murray, those are true issues where it's not just about the Saints top line. They have a complete arsenal down there. Yeah, they definitely do. And it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Zimmer wants to go into this game. Obviously, we saw back when we played Dallas that, you know, the game plan was to just stop the run and force Dak Prescott mm-hmm. to beat us, which he almost did. So I'm curious to see if, if Zimmer wants to just shut, try and shut down Latavius and Kamara and let Breeze try and win that way, or if he's going to sell out to stop the pass uh, and just hopefully we can contain Murray and Kamara. I think that Dallas game is a great example. I mean, Drew Brees is most accurate passer in the league. He's going to get his. For those, for listeners who haven't watched New Orleans, what the numbers tell us is that New Orleans is achieving offensive success by 
consistently moving the ball. They have a very high success rate from play to play and from drive to drive. They have one of the most, one of the highest plays per drive and points per drive in the NFL. And they do that not with explosive plays. They do it with consistently moving the chains, high third down conversion rate, and a low amount of turnovers, both fumbles and interceptions. They've been great about taking care of the ball. So if you're trying to, you know, achieve success against the Saints offense, you're really make them work for everything and hope for a couple turnovers. That's the best you can do. Yeah, and the Vikings defense as of late has been a turnover machine ever since that Charger game. Something just kind of got them on a roll. Um, you can see it when they go and tackle. They're more aggressive trying to get that ball out. And then obviously the the DBs are kind of getting, getting their hands on some balls and, and coming away with them as well. So the Saints don't turn it over often, but this, this defense right now is – at the top of its game. So there are going to be some opportunities for sure. Yes, I agree, Matt. So, you know, the Saints have lost three games this year. Just, you know, for some anecdotal reasons, I went back and I looked at two of their losses. I looked at when the 49ers went into New Orleans and beat them there. And then I looked at when they lost their divisional rivals, the Falcons. And so there were two main themes from each of those games. I guess each of those games was a little different, but one of the biggest themes that the 49ers and the Falcons both did is they generated explosive plays against the Saints defense. The 49ers had seven big pass plays, six big runs. They ran it well, 162 yards and 6.8 yards per attempt. And the Falcons also had five explosive runs in their game when they beat New Orleans 26 to nine. It seems like the best way to achieve success against New Orleans is getting those big hitting plays. And we need to be looking for that on Sunday. Yeah, and the Saints as well, you know, they could be down a couple players. Von Bell, their safety is limited today. Eli Apple, one of their DBs, is, it didn't even practice. So there could be opportunities for deep shots to take advantage of. and. You know, we did see it when the Falcons went into Mercedes-Benz Stadium and just embarrassed the Saints um, mm-hmm. with those explosive plays. So we're going to need to get some of that. And, and I'm pretty sure Stefanski's got some stuff dialed up. Here we go. Let's let's pull out the entire playbook to hit on those plays. And this is going to be a tight one. So if we're in the second quarter and Kirk misses a wide-open Adam Thielen or... Diggs has a deep pass go off his fingertips. The Vikings can't afford to miss like that. Those have to hit. Yeah, they have to hit. And if they don't, you have to be able to come back still because we've seen so many times where when those don't hit, our team just gets deflated and, you know, things can go awry. They really have to be a resilient bunch this weekend. And, you know, I know Zimmer loves being the underdog. It's a mentality that he he thrives off of and i think his team thrives off of so i'm all for getting the ball on offense to start the game and just firing one deep just to just to set the tone and and see where it goes from there yeah yeah so so my summary matt to prepare i think the vikings need to run it down the throats of the new orleans saints defense and then use that sustained success to hit at least four explosive passes 
on offense. On defense, they got to make Drew Brees work for everything and hope for a couple turnovers or red zone stops. That's the path to winning this postseason game. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, You know, I want to see 20 plus touches for Dalvin and even get Alexander Madison in there. Um, I want to see, you know, Diggs being utilized to his full potential, Thielen being utilized to his full potential. I don't want any dink and dunk passes. I want to see, you know, five, 10 yards downfield, um, even, even further than that. As for the defense, um, I want these corners to be physical like they used to be. Um, I want Rhodes to kind of come into his own, and I, I, I don't know how he's going to handle, how Zim's going to handle that, if he's going to put Rhodes right on Michael Thomas or not. But I want to see these DBs have some, have some fight to them a little bit, as well as getting some interior pressure, get in the face of Drew Brees, and, and kind of get them flustered. So there's, there's some opportunities here that we can do to to come away with a win for sure. Yeah, and I you know, there's always a chance that a secondary player might step up like an Irv Smith or a Kyle Rudolph or an Eric Wilson, but just with where the Vikings are going into this game, we got to focus on the best guys playing their best ball. Absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll see, you know, Michael Thomas always seems to get his own, so you, you got to kind of watch him. And then Jared Cook's a sleeper as well. You know, Vikings historically have kind of struggled against tight ends. So, you know, if if Kendricks can't go, that would be a big concern of mine as well. Oh, yeah. Kendricks has got to play. And maybe even Mackenzie Alexander as well, who did not practice today. This is Wednesday. We're looking for Eric Kendricks, Stephen Weatherly, Mackenzie Alexander, and Andrew Sandejo all to get some practice in before the game on Sunday. Michael Thomas's averaging nine catches and 108 yards per game in 2019. That's just absurd. Ridiculous. Uh, Just blew past Marvin Harrison's record, 149 catches, 1,700 yards. There's no stopping that guy. You cannot guard him. So it's what you do elsewhere on the field and hope for those turnovers and red zone stops. I got a question for you. Sure. What is your biggest concern going into this game? My biggest concern is that the Vikings try to rip it too hard. They go into this game too aggressive. And, you know, the offense has been prone to more three and outs than average. So if the early game script doesn't work or if they come out passing and don't convert on those passes, that's going to result in a lot of short possessions that's going to put New Orleans on the field a lot. The New Orleans offense is going to control this game and move the ball up and down the field at will. I I think if the Saints have 12 possessions, they're going to win this game. Minnesota needs to somehow keep them to nine possessions, 10 possessions. And if they don't, you know, if they just come out with the big gamble, they're going to crap. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Pretty much everything that you said there. I mean, we kind of talked about it all podcast too. You know, we have to control the clock and not allow possessions for New Orleans. That's, that's what it's got to be. So my question for you to wrap things up, there's 12 teams in the NFL playoffs and we're all very excited, very hyped for this time of year. College football is moving out of the picture soon. So it's about the NFL players, the best players on the best day to watch football. 
what's going on with that commercial, that hype video that didn't have the Vikings in it? <laughs> and how do you feel about that? Oh, my gosh. I just don't get how you can miss they missed two teams, actually. They missed us and the Eagles, but I just don't get how, how you well, can do Eagles that. the Eagles hadn't clinched um, yet. Yeah. I mean, I was just, like, waiting. I, like, rewatched it two times. I'm like, maybe there's just, like, a split second where I just didn't see it. And sure as heck, you know, they're just not in it at all. And, of course, Zimmer loves that. That, that just fulfills his underdog mentality. So I'm sure he's told the players and everyone's got that in the back of their mind <laughs> it's just a mentality that this team has made no big plays this year and i get it you know you look at the nationally televised games they haven't won the big games as of late but all of a sudden nobody remembers just the sleeper hold they put on the redskins on thursday night football and nobody remembers just dalvin cook dominating sunday night against the dallas cowboys and so now here we are, end of the year, and we're not even included in the playoff in the montage. So I, I guess, you know, you're just going to instantly count them out. Just send New Orleans to Green Bay. You know, just send them. Send them. Walk them <laughs> over. I, we got a bunch of Packers fans talking crap about how the Vikings have no chance against the Saints. Do they even realize that the New Orleans is marching straight to Lambeau? And you're going to tell me if you're a Packers fan? that you expect to beat that team, come on, give me a break. The Packers fans should be cheering for the Vikings on Sunday, too. Hate to break it to them. They absolutely should, though they probably don't want Seattle coming to them if we win, but to each I mean, their own, I suppose. I, Unfortunately for the Vikings, too, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of league. So, you know, the last two, three weeks haven't done much, and so, you know, we're left out of that playoff video, unfortunately. I love it. We'll see if there's another playoff video. And uh, I, I don't, I'm guessing they'll go with like a little Kirk Cousins like hype speech or some BS like that in the video. Yeah. If we, if we make it past this week, they'll release another one. <laughs> All right, Matt. I don't really do score projections. I just cheer for a win. It's been a pleasure. You got any closing comments? I hope this time next week we're talking about the game plan for the 49ers because. Uh, you know, I I feel kind of confident going into this weekend. I think there's a legit chance for an upset. And now you were talking about flying down there to New Orleans, right? I was. Uh, oh, that, man. that fell through. So too bad. Well, I see you. I see you. You're <laughs> making plans in New Orleans. You're sitting courtside at Timberwolves games. It's a man alive. <laughs> this is the season. Yeah, I've been to New Orleans once. I was there when uh, Teddy Bridgewater had his his first game where he came in after Matt Castle got hurt and let me tell you that place gets yeah, it, loud so it's going to be a tough task but I, th I think the Vikes can do it I, I think they can do it too and you know expectations are one thing but I just know it's going to be a glorious Sunday if the Vikings are able to pull this one off so that's what we're cheering for absolutely well, thanks so much for joining me Matt to the rest of you Anytime, yeah, for the buddy. rest of y'all, it's been fun. I hope you're getting ready. Hope you had a good holiday season. Happy New Year. It's 2020. It's time for the Vikings to shock the world. Until next time, Skull Vikes. <laughs>